0: I'm actually kind of excited. Like, how many different ones are there?
1: I mean, there are... Well, I don't know how many, but I know how many I have, and I am so excited to get them. You can't, like, them.
0: take them all. They're for me. Oh, come on. That's yes, just... Yes, it
1: specifically says that they're for me. Uh, I, I don't think it says be, anything on there they'd like They'd be wasted on
0: you. They wouldn't be wasted on me. Mm-hmm. I think there's a tie thing that needs to happen here. whoever everyone. so. <laughs> this is Fun Employment Radio. I'm Greg Nibbler here with Sarah Dylan. Dillon. Thank you so much for tuning in today, wherever and however you listen. It's so fantastic that you do so. Of course, we are live here... Of course, we're live here five days a week on the Fun Employment Radio Network and available via podcast all over the internet, wherever podcasts can be found. Thank you for finding us. Thank you to everybody who has been becoming a member of the Supporters Club, $6.99 a month. The first week is free. Um, we've got some stuff in the archives. I know we don't have everything for everyone, but we do have some stuff in there, and we thank everybody who does join, and it does support us and, and keep us going. So it thank truly you, does. If you can. Thank you. Um, yes.
1: Yeah, we know that all of you can, but I mean, like, if you can, we totally. really appreciate it.
0: Yep. Um, also, coming up on today's show, our pal Rick Emerson. Will be joining us here just shortly. That's another
1: one of your ticks. No, I do that
0: only because I know it bothers him. Uh, our pal. Uh,
1: he is our pal. Well, he is. Yeah. What am I saying? It that's wrong. weird. I don't know. You, do you. I've never heard you call anybody else a pal except for like Ollie.
0: No, Ollie's a bud. Dogs are buds. A, they're buddies. That's okay. how all dogs are. And buddies. Rick is a pal. Yeah. Dogs are either little buddies or buddies or buds. Yeah. That's what dogs are classified as. They're not pals, they're beasts. Uh, so, <laughs> you're so weird. I love calling Ollie a beast. I know you're But anyway, uh, so he's going to be joining us here in just a minute. But we do have something to talk about here that was just dropped off here at the Surrogate Fun Employment Radio Studios. So it's, to so your context, it's Tuesday, um, September so 29th, 2020, in the year of our apocalypse. That's where we're at right now. So, yeah. That's, we
1: are 10 days till my birthday, Greg.
0: We are 10 days until Sarah's birthday. So that is where we're at. Wow. That's that's crazy. I know. Yep. That's where we in, come.
1: I was going to be in New Orleans. Someday. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, someday. It'll someday. still be there, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> I know, and then, right? uh, uh But yeah, of course, uh, you know, I said Fun Employment Radio Network at the beginning. That includes Geek in the City, Geek in the City Radio. Geek in the City. And uh, they have a new show that uh, comes out tonight, so you can you can follow along and listen to all yes, their episodes. Yes, and Aaron was telling
1: me about their potential guests that they're having, and it sounds really awesome.
0: Oh, cool. Yep. Uh, well, I didn't get to hear all the inside info, because I was... I
1: know, and I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway... I got to see Aaron, and you didn't, yeah. <laughs> I know,
0: I didn't even know. So, anyway, Aaron dropped off some surprises.
1: He did, and it was very sweet. So first, so he dropped off a couple, and I felt like such a little kid at first, because he had told me he got something for my birthday... And I'm, uh, we were outside. You know, are talking. you just adding
0: in that it's your birthday on this now to try to keep me? Did he say that?
1: And it's my birthday.
0: Did he say it was a birthday it is. present? He wrote
1: a note. I'm going to read the note. So I did. So, so, but I did do the little kid thing where I'm just like, I saw the. I'm just like, ooh, so what did you? I'm like, oh, is that for me? And he's like, well, part of it's for you, and the other parts are Greg. I'm like, ugh, all right. So yeah, part of it's it. You for tried me. to
0: steal these presents no, already. This
1: is for me specifically. So Aaron, for my birthday specifically, he attached a note. And it says, Sarah, 2020 has been garbage, so throw out Greg's birthday rolls and start early. <laughs> Plus, 40 is the fuck it decade, so let Chester be your guide, Aaron. <laughs> so, by in referencing Chester, he actually got me not one, not two, but three different styles of Cheetos mac and cheese. Yes,
0: these are the ones that we've talked about here on the show before. We've
1: talked about them, and this, uh, my sweet friend Aaron brought these for me. So, there are three separate flavors. So, this one, oh, this is the one that you'd probably want, which, I'll, which means I'll eat it in front of you and not let you have any just kidding the cheesy jalapeno those
0: are my favorite Cheetos the jalapeno cheddar ones they're the best ones uh,
1: there's also the Flamin' Hot
0: those are good too che-
1: uh, Cheetos Mac and Cheese but my favorite is the Bold and Cheesy <sighs> I'm gonna do the Mac and Cheese Bold and Cheesy you're gonna one. eat all
0: of these yourself you're not gonna share any any of that
1: well I mean they're for me I mean I read the note it says here's what starts." start so to you your check birthday. the sources real quick I'm checking the sources nope start your birthday early my birthday does not include sharing Mike Cheetos macaroni and cheese with you. Wow,
0: just everybody might make a
1: note of this when you accuse <laughs> me of being selfish. All right. Self? right. I'm selfish because I know that you don't even really like macaroni and cheese. I do like macaroni and cheese. Mm,
0: I don't I, like it to but the I same level. I love it,
1: but I love it. So you have
0: to eat the entire box. And I just, okay.
1: <laughs> it would be the only way that I'll be able to tell which Will one you eat them the all
0: best? back to back to back in one sitting?
1: Oh, I don't think my stomach could handle that. (laughs) I want to see
0: if that can happen. Then I'd be okay with it. But I
1: am definitely planning on eating the bold and cheesy for uh, dinner tonight. Okay. So I'll let you know how that goes. All right. And I'll share with you. Yay. Um... All right, but Aaron did also enclose something else. And it's a present for you. What? In reference to something we talked about yesterday. So it says, Greg, embrace your basic... Enjoy the starter kit of a pumpkin beer and a lavender fragrance satchel. <laughs> so those are for you.
0: That is, uh, okay, that's pretty and good. And it shall
1: be noted, it wasn't. it's not going to be on the recording because it, we were talking before the show, Greg cracked open a refreshing LaCroix and he goes, mmm, coconut LaCroix. God, okay, look, I know, I understand <laughs> my basicness.
0: So I'm trying to work on it. Uh, but uh, yes, it is. It's an Elysian, Pancaccino, coffee pumpkin ale. Actually, these things are delicious. They're delicious. So yeah. yeah, Elysian's great. Well, thank you, Erin. The lavender pouch. I don't know. What do you do with the lavender pouch?
1: It's a, like a smelly thing. Where do you put it? I don't know. You could put it out in the nib hole, and then it'll make it smell better. You're implying that it smells bad. I mean, it doesn't smell great. No, I'm just kidding. It smells bad. What I'm are, are saying, you
0: talking about?
1: Lavender's a nice smell. Bring it out there.
0: The nibble being the pergola. In my backyard, purgatory. But <laughs> we'll to clarify the, this, the yeah, before we somebody gets the wrong idea the here, what are you saying that it smells bad?
1: I didn't say it smells bad. I said it could smell better with some lavender. That's all.
0: It'll Smell better if you're not hanging out in it. That's what it smells like.
1: <laughs> well, until I take a shower. Correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that is awesome. Um,
1: that was so sweet. Thank you. Aaron. It
0: is. It, thank you very much, Aaron.
1: I'm very excited for. I already have my dinner mapped out. It's a you do exciting day in Saratoga. So, how many
0: will you eat at once? One. Will you make all three and like taste test each one, or?
1: Oh, that would be good, but that seems wasteful. What?
0: No, you are, well, are you very can save them. They're that's very what special. Tupperware is for.
1: They're very special present. Yeah, but it's as never a basic
0: a sp- person, let me tell you, that's what Tupperware is for. Oh, Greg! God damn it! I mean, whatever, just throw it out. Take a bite and throw it out. That's what I would say.
1: You can use the nice piece of Tupperware. Oh man! Anyway, um. Oh, Greg. Um, Well, it's never as good as when you first make it. I don't really like reheated mac and cheese very much. Really? I mean, I'll tolerate it. That's so
0: snobby. You won't eat it reheated?
1: I didn't say I wouldn't eat it reheated. I said I like it better. You said you'll tolerate it. I'll tolerate it, If you had
0: to. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I enjoy it better when it's first made. What's
0: another kind of candy that you would like in mac and cheese?
1: Uh, Wait, a candy? Or a candy
0: or a chip. Like, what kind of mac and cheese? What's another one? Like, Cheetos making these. Is there another thing that you would like to see make, like, a version of
1: Mac and cheese? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've never really liked like the sweet ones when they do like, well, except for with the spetzle stuff, but yeah, like a chocolate, like, I don't know. I don't think I'd really want a sweet one. I just okay. like all different kinds of cheese. What about goldfish ones?
0: crackers? <gasps> that would be
1: so good. Goldfish crackers and mac and cheese? Oh, I do love goldfish crackers because I'm 12. Yes.
0: Yeah. Doritos. Doritos would be a good one. I know you're not a Dorito fan, though. I'm not a
1: Dorito fan. whatever that bag there, it's yeah. making a bunch of noise. sir. I your foot. Oh,
0: Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, Dorito. Yeah, Doritos.
1: I yeah, well, I mean, that. Cheetos are already here, and Aaron even told me when we were outside chatting. He said that they taste exactly like Cheetos, and it's kind of freaky. Oh
0: man! All right. Well, said they, they, it that. seems like
1: they almost put like some sort of corn flavoring into the noodles to make it taste like a chip.
0: Oh what? All right. No, I'm kind of hungry. So <laughs> know, okay. Well, that is awesome, and I will drink this. Well, speaking
1: of you not on. being basic, how's your new crock pot? God damn, Sarah! That's
0: not for air right now. That's not for air right now. I was That'll saying, be you made a delicious. Okay, that's, delicious food but no. Food. I'm not. No, we're not adding that on. That's not on the list. That'll go for tomorrow or some other time. We're not going into that right now. I've already had enough.
1: We don't have a list. i I've already there had enough no going
0: on. Well, the list in my head there's says no that one's not being covered right now. <laughs> You've done enough damage, <laughs> as we as we are right now. Anyway, um, yes, there's been a lot going on, so I am. God dang it! Now I'm afraid to say anything because it's just gonna sound like
1: live your life, Greg. Who cares? Don't. I'm sitting here talking about like all my mac and cheeses and hoarding them. Well, here's the thing:
0: like you know, we've been so long now in this whatever it is. Like I've I've kind of forgotten what real life is like, like what that was like. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's starting to be like that's a memory now. Oh yeah. You know, not something where it's like, oh, we're just dealing with this for a little while. Like it's starting to be a memory of what it was like, and this is the normal. This is normal now. Yes. And so. I'm just trying to adapt
1: to it. and Nobody's... I I just told you you need to live your life and be happy. And if your sparkly water and Crock-Pot make you happy... Oh, then God damn it. Stop saying it like that. It, you just do it. Hello, ladies.
0: Uh, so anyway... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is where I'm at. My so. mac and cheese and ice water make me happy. That's all yeah, right. there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway... Um, should we go ahead and get our, uh, our buddy Rick Emerson or pal Rick Emerson on? Let's do it. Okay. Let's go ahead and do that. So Exactly.
1: Vicky's saying there's nothing wrong with being basic, Greg. No,
0: but, but I'm not though. That's not who I am. Stop fighting it, Greg. That's not who I am. Stop fighting it. No, I'm a tough guy. I'm a bad boy. Okay. I'm a bad boy. All right. Let's go. Let's go ahead and get Rick on. And, uh, here, we'll be right back with more fun point Radio. Right here. <laughs> dot com. Here, come
1: here. Here, lay down.
2: Eat your
1: cheese. Eat your cheese? Stop it. Now you're just doing that on purpose.
2: No, it's just, I bought them this yak cheese and it's, you know, Philo has trouble with food. Wait, it's actual like cheese from yaks? What do you think? I, did you think I, I mean, what other, what I, else would it be? I don't know. I they mean, have I don't like know. Weird
1: names for toys and things like, you know, Kong or something. Maybe. Oh, that's like true. Friend. Uh, no,
2: it's, um, no, it's, it's, uh, hold on. Willard managed to lick the front of my glasses. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's. It's actual, like, yak cheese that they then, you know, it's like, have have you ever had that, like, it's like that freeze-dried ice cream at Omsi or whatever?
1: Oh, like the squishy, the squishy ice cream?
2: No, it's like, it's where it's ice cream, but it's like, they freeze-dried it to where it's like chalk.
1: Oh, Um, no. Anyway,
2: whatever. So it's like, but it's yak cheese. And so they, they do this thing where they, they extract all the liquid out of it. So you, so they shrink it down. Anyway, whatever. So it's like this really rock hard it's yak cheese but it's it's been dehydrated so it's just like it's like really 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 hard it's like uh so it lasts a long time is the point Ooh. and so it doesn't go bad cuz it's got cuz it's been dehydrated so it's it lasts forever but they but it's like a
1: like a chew toy I'm kind of a terrible thing? Job.
2: No, i, I a didn't thing know that like,
0: dogs even liked cheese like that
2: Dogs will kind of eat. Dogs eat garbage. What do you, dog- I mean, that's
0: true, I suppose. But I mean, how much is a bunch of bark industri- yesterday? <laughs> I guess it's just the fact that there's an entire industry over yak that that revolves around yak cheese.
1: Rick, I have it to. It is a
2: very Portland thing. Let's, I-, I mean, let's have no doubt about that. It's uh, in fact. Hold on. Let me let me find.
1: Rick, I need to know. Did you taste it? Did you taste the yak cheese?
2: Would you taste it? I would totally would taste
0: it. All right, we'll just we're just rolling with this too. We'll have just oh, yeah. in with the yak cheese. Oh yeah, um, we're just gonna right.
1: start with the yak cheese. Yeah,
2: we're starting off with the yak cheese. Oh yeah. Okay, so all right, lay down, fool. Okay, you've already got some cheese. Just what what are you doing? All right. So, See, Rick is
1: in this stage where he's just. I love listening to your conversations with your dogs. It makes me very I, happy. T-
2: t- it's like it's like a weird, you know, it's like some weird odd couple thing. Except there's three of us, and, <laughs> and I just, you know, it's like some weird. It's like Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks in a room together, but it's, but two of us are dogs. Yeah. And I'm just sort of like, what are you doing? Again with the cheese. Um okay, so okay, so I don't know if you can see this. So this is not like a paid plug or whatever. This is just um this brand, I swear to God, it's actually the brand is just Yaki. Um, oh, wow. And so it's so you can see, let me see this here. Uh-huh. It just, yeah, it looks like it, a
0: regular like chew toy, like elongated. It
2: looks like a piece of wood. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a rectangular piece of wood. But it's, so they just take yak cheese um, and then they, I don't know, they do something where they just extract all the liquid out of it. And so the result is like, it's like weird. rock hard, but it's not bad for their teeth because if you chew on it long enough, like the, it is like, you know, they can, they can, you know, it's like a gobstopper where, you know, it uh-huh. takes a long time but it is edible and it's not bad for you unless you choke on it or whatever. But it is like, it is edible, but it is really, anyway. So weird. It, but the point is bite and it lasts a long time.
1: Okay, did you, uh, I don't know if you heard me ask you, did you taste it?
2: The yak cheese? Yeah. <sighs> no. Um, <laughs> no, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, all of the yak cheese that's out right now has been chewed on by dogs for quite a while, so I don't know that I'll be doing that until I open the new bag.
1: Yeah, it seems... I'd be kind of, I, I would probably, I'd probably
2: try it. I just wonder
0: who's the first person that thought of this. Not only dehydrating it, but then also like, oh, this would make a great dog treat.
1: Well, it's nice because it's easy on their teeth.
0: But what? Why wouldn't other cheeses work? I I feel like getting yak milk or yak cheese would be more difficult than just making it out of regular old you know cow it's, cow milk.
2: That is true. I don't. That, I never really thought about that because then you have to go to the Himalayas or some shit to get yak. I don't even know where yaks live. I don't even, I don't know, even, know, what even really know what a yak looks yak is. like. I think I saw
0: yeah. a yak in Alaska once. Or it was. I, wait are, there's yaks and then there's the other ones that kind of look like them
1: oh no that was a yak that we saw in Alaska yeah wasn't it but it was the one on the stilts Or yeah like it was like a stuffed on yak platform
0: yeah it was at this glacier and they were carrying up they had four people carrying this yak on stilts Or on this like platform. Yeah, it It was was like for some commercial shoot. It was weird. Like for a while we were trying to figure out like is that yak alive and just getting like it was kind of like one of those things, you know, where you see like the king carried on like a you know, you got the four different people with the yeah, with the poles. Well, that's what they were doing with this yak, but I think it was stuffed and it was for like some kind of commercial, but it was a full size
2: yak.
1: Yeah, it was bizarre. They were
2: carrying a dead stuffed yak (laughs) up a hill on stilts. Yeah or on planks I guess that would on, be the term. yeah on a plank term. but planks. it was uh, but oh, it, me. it
1: wasn't even a hill it was a glacier too
2: yeah
0: it was a glacier they were bringing it up to the top for some kind of picture shoot it
1: was very weird and you thought just being on a glacier would be weird but then you see like a giant stuffed yak being carried by people
0: Well, it also makes me wonder now for some of those animal shoots where it's like for any kind of product where they have like a wild animal there are they dead like are those like cuz this one was not alive and i'm sure they weren't passing it off as a stuffed yak it's probably some picturesque thing where it's like a yak on a glacier, you know. And like, well,
1: for like a Columbia sportswear, like I don't, I'm not something? gonna blame
0: Columbia, but I mean, well, I, don't, uh, I don't know who one it one. was, but yeah, like how many of those? Now I have to wonder about that.
1: If there's just like a like a stuffed animal contingency that you can like,
0: yeah, it's like it's cheaper yeah. than you know we don't have any live yaks anymore, but we got this we got this stuffed one on planks. You can put them down. Well, anywhere. Is,
2: I mean, I think that is a thing they do with like with some animals, like if it's an endangered animal or whatever. I think there is like a. I don't know if I'm making, this is, I'm, I've am i actually, like, I'm really low on caffeine, but it seems pointless to have any more right now. So yeah, I'm, me I'm too. at the point where I can't tell if I am making this up as I say it or if this is really a thing that I remember hearing. It's possible my brain is just spinning tails and I'm just repeating them. Um, but I think there is kind of a thriving industry where they manufacture really lifelike versions of things that you can't really get to film on camera, like endangered animals or, well, because, like, they do... Um, uh, like I, 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 I'm almost certain now there's like, a, there's like a whole business of making really realistic looking versions of corpses for like a film where you're gonna kill some character off. Oh. And then it's either you have to hold your breath and not blink while you know we pretend to have an autopsy or we'll just make a dummy of you or whatever. And so that seems like they would be doing that with animals too.
0: Yeah, I guess that does make sense. That does make sense. There's enough of an industry in that?
1: Well, it is kind of like staging, you know, a house for selling or whatever, how you put all the furniture and everything into a warehouse. Maybe there's just a warehouse full of a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Stuffed animals? Yeah. Huh. Weird. Well, now I'm going to look at
2: every uh-huh. advertisement differently. Oh my, oh, my God. I just, well, okay, never mind. Nope. Wait, what? what? No, you got to no, go. No, I just, it's, no, I, okay. So I have to give a little bit of backstory here, and you need to stop licking the sofa. Um, I, uh, I'm going to, you know, from now on, I have, since I have like three pet things I always have to tell Philo during the broadcast, I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> number
0: one, <laughs> number four.
2: Um, I was just gonna say to the backstory here is that as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, and as I think I texted Sarah about, it, I I rewatched that five part OJ Simpson documentary, which yes. which is, I have to say, it is really, really fascinating. And it's it's it seems wrong to call it entertaining. That's the wrong word for it. It's um It's, you know, like that Schindler's List, what a watch, you know, like you don't want to, you know, but (laughs) it's compelling. It's a very gripping, compelling, and it is, you know, even though you kind of know the outcome, it's a little bit like that I'll Be Gone in the Dark miniseries that just aired, which is about um, Michelle McNamara and the Golden State Killer and her book about it. Um, I have not watched that yet. It's, it's also, I mean, we're in a kind of a golden age of documentaries right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like big five part, like fascinating, really well done, beautiful looking documentaries and some of them are things that i know the outcome of like i kind of know like i know how waco turned out i know how chernobyl turned out but it's but with all of these you realize it all sounds like this sounds like such a cliche but it, you realize how much you didn't know about the story and it's like yeah. even if you think you know everything you know you just don't but it's um you know and i texted sarah something about it. i was watching the oj documentary uh, which i do recommend um but you know it's not like a big pick-me-up especially because i'll say that at the outset because there's big sections about the LAPD and their, you know, treatment of the black community and it's just, you know, and it is kind of depressing and stunning how timeless it is like when they're talking about the LAPD killing black suspects with chokeholds and you're like fuck this country's great at never learning lessons ever yeah, ever right. ever. Yeah. Um now that that being said there are some moments of sort of strange levity cuz they interview almost everybody who was involved in the case that's still alive and they have file footage of some of the folks who weren't there so they get almost everybody to participate and this is not like a spoiler or whatever but at one point one of the defense like the guy who was he was on the defense team he was um he was like the third chair or whatever on the defense team (laughs) this whole thing that i never knew about that i don't think was reported at the time which is hilarious um where the jury for whatever i think the defense wanted the jury to go to to uh, to Rockingham or whatever, and to see OJ's house, you know, or, or to see Nicole, the house that, you know, where Nicole was killed because I think they've lived there together or whatever. Um, so the jury gets on the, you know, they were going to get on this bus and go to Brentwood and look at, at Nicole Brown's house and which had been Nicole and OJ's house. And so like a day or two before this, the defense team, and they talk about this, the defense team goes to OJ's house because one of the recurring themes is that, you know, OJ um, was not a big fixture in, this is not me saying this, I'm just conveying the thoughts of participants of the documentary, that OJ was not really a fixture in the Black community. It's That was one of his things. It's like, I'm not Black, I'm OJ, whatever. And so basically all of his friends were like rich white guys. So the defense, they go to OJ's house and they spend like a whole day going through his house, taking down all of the photos of white people and then just like just like talking like you know and just like finding like any photo they can possibly find of like a picture of mlk put it right there uh let's see a photo of uh oj posing with who's who's that guy he's posing is he black great put that up and so they just you know like getting all this african artwork and like (laughs) setting it in the living room
1: wow
2: where it like if you went into the house, like he basically just looked like a black panther. Like you went into the house, there was just nothing but like art, you know, like African artwork and photos of black faces everywhere. And all of the stuff like showing OJ with white people was like, just like, they just like put it in a truck and hauled it away. And and so they, so the lawyers and the lawyer who's telling the story is like the guy, the defense lawyer is just like cackling with glee at the memory of doing this. Like, it's kind of awesome how, how sort of like shameless he is, you know? And- Wow. And it and and like the guy, the director's like, Well what if OJ had been, you know, like Latin and he's like, We would have had a Marimba band. You know, it's oh just my like God. it's awesome. And then they cut to Marsha Clark, who's just like that motherfucker, which is so it it is, you know, it does have a sort of grim comedy to it. Uh, you that know, that is ridiculous. Why later.
1: why would they I mean, I guess why why would they want to change all of that? Like, because like he's associated with like murdering a white woman, so they didn't want uh, well like him I mean, to be with whitey. Yeah,
2: I mean that one of the uh, you know one of the things that makes it so such a fascinating and gripping documentary is because it's it's um, I I forget I was making some comparison the other day where I was you know I was saying you know that this documentary is about OJ the way that blank is about blank and I forget what the example was but it's O.J.'s sort of he's not incidental obviously but he's sort of the prism through which like they don't even do they don't even get it's four it's five episodes and they don't even get to the trial until the fourth episode the and they really only spend 45 minutes on the actual trial everything else is about the the history of race relations in in america but in los angeles specifically and you know, and OJ's rise and, and, and just all of those, because, you know, people, I I wrote down actually list of things I didn't get to last time. I literally wrote down <laughs> OJ slash kids today. I don't know what I meant by kids today, but <laughs> for people who don't remember, you know, the OJ trial, I mean, it, I mean, I think even at the time we sort of knew this, that like the OJ trial, it is sort of the perfect American, it is like the perfect microcosm because every social issue and cultural issue especially now what with all the twittering and whatnot and everybody being in everybody's throats about everybody, everything else. Mm-hmm. It is like every social and cultural divide you could possibly think of is in the OJ case because it's, it's men and women and black and white and rich and poor and cops and the people they patrol and, you know, people who have, you know, privilege of whatever kind and people who don't. And it's, you know, I, it it's just, I mean, it's just, It's a look into like every single facet of the American experience, all like superheated. I mean, I cannot, and the thing that, and then I'll shut up about the OG documentary because it's been (laughs) out for like three years and whatever, but I mean,
1: (laughs) just watching
2: it again, it's just the thing that I kept thinking as I was watching this OG documentary was first of all, boy, America's fucked up. And also like, I cannot imagine what would happen in this country if, the oj trial happened like now i can't even i mean i can't even imagine what would happen because they and again i'm assuming that almost everybody listening to this is you know remembers it to some degree or other but i mean they oh, yeah. do because the guy who made it uh, uh ezra edelman i think is his name um is just an amazingly talented filmmaker he um uh you know he said when they asked him he's like fuck i don't he's like i don't want to do an oj thing i don't care about that that's old news everything's been said or whatever and the only reason he agreed to do it is cuz he said i want to do this much larger scope and um uh, but anyway just watching it it's like good where were, where were you guys? i can't believe i'm talking again about the oj thing but where were you <laughs> yeah. all like when the resu- when the verdict happened
1: i was in what mm, year was that i was in 95 90s- right
2: yeah, the verdict. The crime was in '94. The verdict was in September, no, October third of '95.
1: I, I
0: had. Uh, I was. Where was I? I was in my I was, psych- in,
1: I was in my psychology class in high school, and he bro- he rolled out the TV, you know, like <laughs> the giant one on the big metal stands so yeah, that we could all watch. Me. Yeah, so we could all watch the verdict.
2: And what was the, like the reaction in, in like? wherever you were watching
1: it when i was watching it everyone was i think shocked because it was just so apparent that he had done it and then right. that he had gotten away with it it was i remember even in my little you know ninth grade like pea brain thinking like this is this is fucked up this is wrong it was it was it was right. bizarre to watch it because it didn't even it didn't seem like it was real but then again you know what now like that's what you're talking about like now like nothing seems fucking real because everything's so surreal and crazy
0: yeah. I right. mean, I remember the chase in particular. I definitely remember that. Like as far as the verdict, I think I was in class when it, when it came out and I remember the aftermath of it, but I don't specifically remember watching it. I think I missed it when they actually revealed the verdict. I was in, I was in a class of some kind. So I found out when I got back home, the The chase itself, I remember specifically watching the chase at home that, that was at my, at my parents' house because it was just so surreal watching it because i mean i had grown yeah. up a football fan and i was an oj fan you know and just like what the hell is going <laughs> on it was so confusing to me to even understand what was going on but
2: yeah i think there's um i think there's a, a clip out there somewhere of uh, i'm totally gonna get this wrong oh bob costas i think i think there's a clip somewhere of uh like bob costas calling like a like a, he's a like like a, a basketball game or something and and the whole and it was, like, during the, the Bronco chase or whatever. And this weird thing of him simultaneously, like, trying to, like, call a basketball game while also, like, giving updates on the OJ chase. And it was, like – and they do this montage, you know, of just – they show just people, like, newscasters all over the country breaking into their normal programming for, you know, the chase and the verdict or whatever. But, but at the end, they – um they do this montage of different groups of people all over the country and all over Los Angeles watching and hearing like the moment they announce the verdict and the yeah. reaction mm-hmm. of different groups of people in different places and it's um it really is just it's and i don't want this is really the final thing i'll say cuz i don't want to get all buzzfeed about it about like you won't believe what happens next <laughs> but it's the one real masterstroke in this documentary i mean one of them anyway is that he actually he got two jurors to be interviewed on camera and to explain, you know, like here's why we arrived at the verdict and here's what we were thinking. And it's, and I mean, this is, I guess, a bit of a spoiler, so I won't really say, but like one of the jurors um, makes a comment uh, toward the end of the series. She says this thing about the verdict that it's like a weird usual suspects thing where you, I mean, where you realize that it retrospectively puts Everything about the trial and everything about the case, like th- there's no way to avoid this cliche like where you realize that like everything you sort of thought you knew about it as you were watching it was just totally wrong um I mean where when you find out like the you know what the jury was talking about among themselves, it just it retrospectively puts this whole like a different spin on the entire thing so. With that, I will now be quiet. No
0: <laughs> <way>. <laughs> and this has been O.J. Simpson Talk on Fun Appointment Radio. No, because he no, was writing
1: re- me about it and I'm just like, I don't know if I can stomach that right now. I'm, I was telling Rick, I'm like, I have to do this on a strong day. Yeah. And those are few and far between. And I'm trying not right to right make <laughs> it seem
2: like homework. I'm like, like trying to make it seem like it's a sociology class or something because it is, it is a really gripping, not a mystery as such, but it is a really gripping, you know, sort of true crime case. There's no way right. to put it. Uh, but it is, uh, but also that, I'll be gone in the dark uh, which just aired on HBO like three or four months ago. So that's Michelle McNamara, who was.
1: Pat Oswalt's you know, late, wife, right?
2: Yeah. The late Michelle McNamara. Yeah. She wrote this, wrote this amazing book called I'll be gone in the dark uh, that they finished after her death because she died before finishing it. Um and that's a that's a really, really good – so if anybody's into true crime, I'll Be Gone in the Dark is a really great documentary as well.
0: Well, there are – I mean, you are right. It's kind of the golden era for documentaries because there's a lot of good ones out. One I – and I have not watched all of this. I've only watched part of it. But when I'm – I was fascinated by the part that I have watched, so I want to watch the whole thing, is the one on that Nexium cult. That's right. The, yeah. You know the NXIV. Oh,
1: they made a um a lifetime movie about that one. Oh,
0: of course yeah. they did. Of course they did. <laughs> yeah. It that was makes fantastic. Sense. I'm sure it was. Who played
2: Allison Mack?
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? I can find that out right now while you talk. So, <clears throat> uh, like, it,
2: is it good? Not oh, the lifetime movie. I know the answer to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It
2: was uh, magical.
0: Yeah, it's called The Vow. So, it just kind of follows along and it's a couple of people who were in it talking about, you know, and I haven't gotten to the like real CD stuff or anything like that, but it's just about how this guy just shows up and just about what drew them to him. This Keith Rainier guy, Keith Rainier. I can't remember how you say his name correctly, but Keith, um,
1: Keith Rainier. Yep. The charming and charismatic secret organization leader.
0: Yeah. And just how, how he was saying all these things and he would talk for like hours and hours and everybody would just be like enthralled with what he was saying And then they started creating and just how basically he built his cult that's kind of what the part i was in where he created this once they got it going he created these different levels it's kind of very scientology like as far as that where you get these sashes that you put around your your uh your neck and then you get different stripes for how high you go up and so everybody wants to earn those stripes to get into a next the next color of sash to become a green sash or whatever and it's just how he got him hooked just with that. So then you gotta, of course, you know, you gotta do other classes. You gotta do all these things to get like your next he, little he your stripe. karate belts. Well, that's the thing. He used to be in... I think he was in judo or something. So he used that element to bring it into the cult. Interesting. And that was one of the other ways that he was getting people to be in, you know, to encourage them to keep on progressing in their education of whatever, you know, this shit is until you get to the point
2: where he and brands is, them. But Is um, the upshot of all of this, because this seems to be the bottom line with all of these guys, is the upshot... Yeah. Just so he could like stoop a bunch of women. Is I I that... mean
0: that certainly seems to be it because he ends up yep. doing that and like yeah. branding them. At, at some point, no, and I then think he recruited the thing. crazy
1: ladies to brand them. So, well, but, yeah, and
0: then they would recruit more people too. So, so the girl who like played her was Sarah pyramid. Fletcher. Sarah Fletcher played Allison Mack Yes, Mac. um, that's her name, right? Allison Mack Yeah, Allison Mack yeah. yep okay. correct. Yeah, and it's it's just so. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, for like you said, for each one of these, like eventually, it's just this. Some crazy dude wants to have sex with everybody. And, but he convinces convinces them they can't leave. So they're all scared to leave. But then they're all like, you know, super devoted to this. That's where it's just, it's strange how this can just be replicated over and over and over. And everybody knows about Colts. And I guarantee every one of those people probably at some point were like, Oh man, Charles Manson. How do people get in like Waco? How do they, how do people, how are people that dumb? And then all of a sudden, well,
2: but this guy's different. This guy
0: makes right, sense. Yeah. You know, not he's not at all, not that, at all no, like that, those that, other ones.
1: Well,
2: well, I mean, it's, you know, and one, one hesitates to draw too much of a parallel from that guy or Charles Manson to, right. you know, pick a, pick a religion or whatever, because yeah. some religions are basically benign and others are less so, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it is that thing of, I mean, whatever anybody thinks about any particular, you know, if you just take Christianity, it's strange how about, you know, like every 35 years, somebody appears, usually a guy. And he's just, he's like, hey, uh, good news, everyone. And it's, its you know, and the story is always the same. It's always that, so Christianity, it was good when it started and then it got corrupted. It got off the right path. Now, fortunately for you all, <laughs> yeah. Jesus appeared to me last night in my drawing room and he told me that I was the one, me, I was the one sent here to put everybody back on the right road. So that's, and it ha- and it's like, as you said, it's like it happens, I mean, it was one thing if that happened, you know, in like the year five or whatever, when there was no, like, you couldn't just like look shit up, or you like didn't, like, we're now in a post Manson, post Jonestown, post Waco, post insert your favorite cult here right. moment mm-hmm. where it's like, hasn't everybody seen this movie before? Yeah. Like, don't we? It's, you know, I, it's a weird, although, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I am not making a direct comparison here, but it is, it is worth noting that if you hear, interviews with people who worked during like the early sort of very intense days under Steve Jobs at Apple. Um, there's this guy named um, uh, Andy Hertzfeld as I think I think is his name and he worked on the original Mac team like and so in like in 1983-84 he was working on the original Macintosh and you know Steve Jobs was a brilliant guy with a lot of personal problems but and he was a notoriously you know like a tyrannical leader and and like i think it's like Hertzfeld has this whole thing where he's he said that and to and they interviewed this uh there's a, a documentary called triumph of the nerds where they talked a bunch of people and and they all say two things are like he was like the worst boss i've ever had and the best boss i've ever had and 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 i think Hertzfeld's like the way, he, the way he describes it is he's like he's like steve jobs believed that you could be great and he was going to make you be great if it killed you and <laughs> they all could have left, but they all stayed. And they were just like, it's torture, but it's the best job I've ever had. And I mean, I'm not saying that Steve Jobs was a crazy cult leader, but he kind of was in some right. ways. And it's not surprising to me that his company generates that kind of loyalty in their customers to a way that, you know, like Dell, the, like you never hear anybody putting a Dell sticker on their car. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, somebody's lining outside to buy anything that has Michael Dell's name on it ever, ever, ever. Um, and, you know, so it's not, Surprising that that you know imprints itself on Apple's technology because it was very much a cult at that company to be an employee there. Might still be, for all I know.
0: Yeah, I mean, cult of Mac. That's like a that's even there's a website uh, true. called Cult of Mac. Yeah, yeah, oh, seriously it's about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it's 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 a tech news site, but the name of it is Cult of Mac because people love Apple. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, they just I mean love it.
2: People love, you know, people And it's use great Windows. products. I'm not nobody, even talking
0: about the actual tech on it, but I'm talking about, yeah, this side of it. Yeah. Nobody loves
2: Windows. I mean- you <laughs> No, might... nobody, <laughs> nobody does. I mean, you know- And I use Windows I, and I can tell you, nobody loves Windows. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, you know, I think that's the, that's, uh, you know, uh, I won't, you know, just in, I'll just speak in vague terms here. But I mean, I think that's one of the things that, that politicians have learned is that, you know, there's, I mean, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. You know, I can't speak for people who, you know, for voters in you know in other democracies or other sort of representative, you know, um, in, in other republics or whatever. But um, you know, it's the difference between voting for somebody and just sort of holding your nose and voting because you just don't want the other person to win. I mean, that's that you're right. It's the mm-hmm. it's the. Uh, I guess this is what's not the other thing. I'll just vote for this. You know, as opposed to being like, fuck yeah, I'm totally voting for this person. I think that's the everybody in their their own way tries to create you know I mean as much as we sort of use cult as a negative in a way that's what every brand and every politician and every you know every sports team they're all trying to create that that is i mean it, cults are a weird thing it's like they're universally disdained, and yet we everybody you know universally is trying to replicate them for their own for their own righteous uses because <laughs> unlike those other people my cult will be doing all the good things
1: well let's be honest i mean you've kind of been a cult leader over the years a little bit that's true i mean
2: <laughs> I like the others sarah i mean the others were just pretenders it's, uh... <laughs> but you're the real deal pretenders man. to the throne exactly. <laughs> well i mean you know and yes yeah exactly yes that's exactly true i should just quit talking
0: <laughs> keelan just said uh in the live chat, if you never want to have your question answered and be insulted in the process, post your question on the Apple help forums, which oh is 100% <laughs> true.
1: Oh, my it's God. Shame. It's shame. So, Constant God
2: damn. shame. God damn it. This is it's so true. Yeah. Can I just tell you this? And, I, and again, I say this, I'm, I say this as a person who is talking to you via a MacBook Pro. And within two feet of me are an iPhone and an Apple TV. So, okay, so it's not like, whatever. (laughs) I'm not like some Apple, reflexive Apple hater. But God damn it, the the fucking people in the Apple tech forum. I'm not talking about Apple employees, but I'm talking about these fucking neckbeards that are in there, that are just, you know. (laughs) They're just Um, there to shame people, not to help in any way, shape, or form. Here is the single most irritating yet prevalent trait in the Apple help forums. And it's like, and I can totally picture the guy because it's always a guy, always, always, in the forums that does this. It's like, I will come on to the Apple forums and I'll say, hey, I'm trying to do uh, you know, A, uh, can't quite figure it out. H- how do I do A? And then the first response is never like, here's how you do it. The first response is like, why are you trying to do A? That's stupid. You should do, <laughs> do B instead. <laughs> but, well,
0: Could you not? Okay, the timing of that is kind of perfect because Keelan did not know you were gonna say that. He'd already written this. He wrote Uh top answer on Apple Help forums. Well, why would you want to do that?
2: (laughs) Exactly, that's exactly what it is. It's never. I don't understand why you want to do that. There might be another way, but here's how to do the thing you're asking. It's always like the thing you want to do is wrong. Yeah, and inherently, you're you're an
0: idiot to begin with. Exactly. To even try this.
2: Wow. That is uh, that is a thing, and it's just and it's you can't get away from it. It's everywhere, and it's that. I mean. Like a lot of people who, have you know, I mean, I think I've spent enough time in the internet that I've I've developed a little bit of a thick skin where a lot of stuff that you see just doesn't bother me. That's a thing that will spike my blood pressure like you oh. will not believe. That's a, I just can't take that.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. Apple people. Well, I mean, just yeah. tech for, tech forums in general, but in particular Apple ones. I mean, tech forums in general are bad because I've gone on to try to ask questions for like audition or something like that or some Adobe question that I'm like I'm not quite sure what the right way to do is, and, and inevitably. Like, I'll end up getting an answer maybe from somebody, but you have to go through all of those dudes who are on there. It's like they're just waiting for a ping. It's like, ooh, somebody asked a question. <laughs> all right, you're stupid. I want to be an asshole. You're dumb. Why did you do this? Like, yeah, and it's just like, dude, you're you're not helping at all. You're seriously just on there to be a prick. The
2: other and it's, the And it does, answer, and it gets me too. Oh, yeah. No, the other favorite answer, and this is actually, I think, across all tech forums, is when you want to, like, figure out how to how to do with it or like or you know or you like what's the best version of whatever i can buy or like what's the best what's the best programmer app to do this that i could get and instead the answer is always that you should just you know you should learn linux and just build your own (laughs) i
0: know (laughs) that's like
2: build your own email server. It's really easy. Don't be a door. And you're just like, what the, I just, you know, and you're just asking like, what, you know, like what, you, what's the best email program I can, get? the best email program is one that you hard code yourself. Get a soldering iron. Don't be, you know, <laughs> just like, I just, okay, I guess I'll leave now. I mean, I, I That's it's just, so it mean. makes me feel oh, yeah. so bad for anybody that like has, I mean, it's not like I know a lot about computers, but I know there are people who know almost nothing it's no wonder that they're just so reflexively defensive about trying to go buy a computer because they just know that there's like a one in three chance the person who's going to help them is just going to be a raging dick about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Correct. There's a,
2: um, there was a great, actually, I don't know. There was, there was just like, well, never mind. I was just about to, I was about to describe, literally describe a Dilbert comic strip from like 29 years Please ago. Please so I'm going to skip that. What you want to hear that? I want to hear the Dilbert. Hear
1: the Dilbert con- yes, absolutely. Oh, it was just
2: that it was so Dilbert. Um, <laughs> like in the early days, people forget this, but like early, early on, Dilbert was just about like because he's a, he's like an electrical engineer. I don't know if he still is, but that was in the original. Is he still comic? In the first years of Dilbert, what's that? Is that still a comic? It is actually. It is, and I in a moment I'll tell you. How, in a moment, Sarah, I'll tell you how I know that. After um, this. <laughs> But um, in the early days, he was like an electrical engineer. And so there was a lot of tech and nerd humor. And so one of the recurring gags was that he would go to this place that was basically meant to be Radio Shack. It was called Electrode Hut. And, <laughs> and he would, and so Dilbert would like go into the, uh, you know, he would go into the Electrode Hut and so like some spotty faced kid would come up and be like, welcome to Electrode Hut. Can I help you? And, and, you know, and, and Dilbert like holds up his, his, his personal computer, like holds up his hard drive. And he's like, uh he's like yeah uh he's like i need uh i need a diode cleaning and two anzio brushes dot 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 or am i bluffing and and it's like and the kid is just sort of like oh he's good anyway whatever and so it was a whole (laughs) joke about how when you go to radio shack there was always some guy whose answer to everything was that he just wanted to sell you a big spool of wire and a soldering gun and you know and like you know and you like if you you know like if you were a real man you'd make it yourself so that is a thing
1: that um, is, I know, I hate the shame when you're just trying to figure yeah. out how to do something. It's like, all right, Especially be because the whole point <laughs> of having
2: technology improve to this point, and especially the whole point of goddamned Apple, is that I just want to live my fucking life. I just want to be able to answer email and then go outside. Like, I don't want to have to, you know, like, that's the difference between, you know what it is? It's like me with cars. I know fuck all about oh. cars. I can oh, barely turn too. the car on. You know why? I don't care how the car works. It's just like I don't care how my microwave works. I just want to heat up my pizza rolls and get in my car and leave. I don't care how any of it works. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Some I, people want to make the microwave. Some people just want things to be hot.
0: I've gone through that with cars
1: so much. Oh, um, yeah. You versus cars is never a good thing. No.
0: Yeah. I've, I'm have i sure I've scared a lot of people trying to work on my truck and then, like, breaking something or doing something wrong and then hitting my hand and yelling out profanities on the street in front of my house. I'm sure I'm known as that guy. Uh, but something else. Completely changing subject. That yes. I wanted to ask you about because Sarah and I have both watched this. Have you watched Nurse Ratchet yet?
2: Okay. Uh, and what are your thoughts? I wrote on down. It? Let me just say that I wrote down Nurse Ratchet on my list of things, and I crossed it out because I was like, ah, nobody wants to hear my blah blah blah. Um, what? So what's weird is that you are like in the space of like two days, you're like the fourth or fifth person who's been like, hey, so have you heard about this show? <laughs> um, I have. Um, I. I will just say and this is maybe just a me thing speaking only for myself I will not be watching it if for no other reason that uh, then I am a huge uh the the I don't really care for the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest but the mm-hmm. book One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest made a gigantic impact on me when I was 12 I read that when I was 12 years old and it it's really one of the books that kind of changed my life and so it's one of those things. It's like how some people read Harry Potter or whatever, and they don't want to see the movies because it's like they have their own sort of version of how it, right. whatever. Yeah. So that being said, I've heard a lot about it. It's, you know, it's an interesting premise. And Ryan Murphy sort of, he knows how to make spectacle, if nothing else.
1: He absolutely does. I mean, I just think for the outfits and just the visuals alone, it is a very interesting. And in, it's Sarah Paulson, in, right? And yeah. she's just mesmerizing. She's great. She's awesome. No, it has Cynthia Nixon in it as well, which I didn't know Sharon yeah. Stone is in it and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio it's like a stellar cast and it's it's a very very, and the uh, the sister from So I Married an Axe Murderer do you remember that the crazy lady I I don't know that actress she's been in other
2: stuff yeah she's always kind of wacky yeah she always plays wacky yeah so
1: she's she's in that too
2: of all people like my mom messaged me like two nights ago my mom's like I'm looking for this show Ratchet but I can't quite and she was spelling it Ratchet like you know the tool that's how they say it too
1: yeah, which is yeah, super confusing. And, That's what they say is ratchet all
2: and, the time. And Netflix doesn't correct your spelling or whatever. And so, yeah, but like every, I mean, I, it is, in a in a world where it's really hard to get buzz about anything, like everybody in the world, which is weird for a property that, because it's not like a lot of people are really, you know, reading One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest at this point. And people know about the movie, mm-hmm. but it's not like, it's right. not like a movie that everybody watches growing up or something. So it's strange that it suddenly had this huge impact.
0: Well, I'll say this, It it has very, I mean, really the name is about the only tie the that, that, and and a hospital, you know, in a middle hospital. Right. Yeah. But it's other prequel, than
2: that, right? what's that?
1: It's a prequel. Yeah, it a prequel? yeah, yeah it's a prequel. It kind of shows as to why she was so
0: mean and messed up. Um, it's much more American horror story than it is, which makes sense because it's Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Uh, but it's like American horror story light. Yeah. I mean,
1: there is some graphicness Oh, yeah. There's
0: definitely... That's
2: why I'm saying light compared to... But, I mean, that's still very graphic. Well, and also, did you watch... um, um, God damn it. Now I can't remember the name of it. But so Ryan Murphy, he did... um, Like two years ago. Ah, It's bugging me now. I think it might have just been called... I think it might have just been called um, uh, Betty and Joan. um, But it was... So there's the there's the movie from 1968, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Which yeah. is sort of a, a great gothic horror film that you know is much beloved and much beloved in the gay community, and and so but behind the scenes, um, um, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis, who were the two female leads in Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, like hated each other, fucking hated each other, and were just totally bitchy and catty while they were making that movie. And so he, Ryan Murphy, made this movie that is about the making of. It's about the it's about the sort of war between those two actresses while they were making whatever. I was looking
1: at. It, it's called Feud. Um, Is that the one you're talking about? What's that? Feud.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's okay. it. Um, and it's it's really great, and it's um, you know, and it's a really really great fun sort of catty vicious movie about you know two women who hated each other in real life who then made this great horror movie about two women who hated each other and. <laughs> <laughs> and, you well, know, and I... Jessica
0: Lang and Susan Sarandon—they're the leads. Like that's that's a good combo oh, yeah. right there it's... too. Jessica Lang's pretty awesome.
2: And in a I'm weird a way, I mean, oh me too. I have to say that I can. As soon as I heard about the Ratchet thing, I was like, in a strange way. Although it had never occurred to me, I can see Nurse Ratchet, especially if you filter her through the the film version, uh, the '74 film version uh, where she was played by Louise Fletcher. I can see her being. I can see her being sort of a gay icon in the way that like, way that like the, that like Joan Crawford is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because she's sort of big and flamboyant and sort of, you know, has that, that arched eyebrow villainy, you know, that is sort of a, that is very much like a, whatever happened to baby Jane thing. So it's, I could, I could see that. It's uh I mean, it looks like a gorgeous-looking show. It looks, I mean, definitely that stunning. I want every single one of the
1: outfits in it. I know. Greg and I ended up watching like an episode or two together, and he's just like, "Hey, you like that outfit, Sarah? Sorry, but you like that outfit. You (laughs) like that? Like, (laughs) yes, I want all of them."
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's good. I mean, it doesn't like I said, it doesn't really tie into Cuckoo's Nest. Maybe try to think about like what. What character from a movie like that? Because you know now the big thing is just obviously going back and redoing things, revisiting all these series, and some of them are great. Cobra Kai is fucking amazing, but like, what would be one that's that's uh, like a character to revisit a character and go back well, and like do a prequel hmm. like this? But like an actual.
2: So one. I I should actually say this, and this is the and I should say at the upfront, like I'm not bothered by this at all or whatever. But I um so. So, you know, remember that guy, Gregory McGuire, I think is his name. He's the guy that wrote the book Wicked, which was the telling of the Wizard of Oz from the witch's point of view. Okay. Uh, oh, that I saw they the... then later
1: made into the. Oh, yeah. I saw the, the, the Broadway show. It
2: was glorious. Yeah. And so I think that was the first big hit where it was like, ooh, what if I tell this story from right, you know, the from point, point of view of, view. of the... Yeah. And I think uh, there was a woman who did that with Gone with the Wind. Uh, it was a black author. She wrote this book called The Wind Done Gone, which is, it was about Scarlett O'Hara, you know, from the viewpoint of like, you know, like one of, like one of the black servants or whatever. It was basically like, hey, you know, it was, it was like a look at it from like the point of view of someone who's not a rich white woman. And so that, but then there was like a whole, then there was like a thing where somebody did Alice in Wonderland, but it was from the point of view of the Red Queen or whatever. So I swear to God. So like, this is what, 2020. So, so maybe seven years ago, and again, and I, I obviously didn't do anything with it. But it's like seven years ago, I got this idea. It was like, I wonder what would happen if somebody wrote a novel about, you know, about if somebody wrote a one floor of the cuckoo's nest, you know, novel from the point of view of Nurse Ratchet. And so I wrote like four chapters. Oh. And again, it doesn't matter because, like, I as I didn't finish it, but it's like I wrote four chapters, and I, and I actually, and this is obvious, but I actually had the working title of the book was Ratchet, and I was thinking because it sounded like wicked and i was just like this will be a total hit and then i wrote like four chapters and i was like i'm bored and i moved on <laughs> so <laughs> so you know in a way i'm kind of glad that somebody took that idea and ran with it and somebody like ryan murphy because it's like i was obviously not going to do anything with it but you know it's from na- the moral from now on is you know if i have something i should at least you know trademark it and then sell it to somebody later
1: yeah that's probably a good point you have had a lot of good ideas over the years <laughs> that i've seen to come to fruition through other people's you know, minds and things. I'm like, wait, I'm, Rick thought of that a while ago. I'm trying to think though, if there's something that, because, you know, the, uh, they did that with,
2: um, they did that with Hannibal Lecter. With, right, um, which I know a lot of people love
0: that show. I and not the, and there was
2: And the fourth book was, I forget what it was called, it was like literally called Behind the Mask or some shit, that it was like Hannibal's mm. childhood or whatever. And so when that goes well, it can go really, really well. I, I don't know, I'm trying to think if there's something... I was There's having a hard time
0: to... really coming up with one just yeah. thinking about what what I would want to see revisited like from
2: that point of view but it's just I mean it, you know one of the things that I've learned over the years is that if you have an idea that seems too out there or fucked up or weird or bizarre like write it down and keep it or you know like don't forget it cuz like there will come a point in this culture when it totally seems acceptable and mainstream and like I <laughs> I like I I don't want to make it sound like I had all these ideas beforehand or whatever. But at one point, I remember when I was in high school, I sort of said half jokingly to somebody that like eventually there would be like a show where like a serial killer was the star. And I think I was sort of kidding about it or whatever. But then like mm-hmm. Dexter came out, you know, not that long afterward. And so oh, yeah. all of those things eventually become, you know, so I guess, I guess, you know, for anybody who's like an aspiring screenwriter or whatever, I guess just think of like the most. You know the most fucked up, unacceptable, inappropriate idea you possibly can, and start working on it now. Because by the time you get it ready, like the culture will be so fucked up that it'll be totally appropriate.
0: <laughs> Definitely end that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, weird thing. Well, so, now I want um, to think
1: about what one I would want from that perspective. But all I go to is like Twin Peaks from the perspective of Bob. But that's really dorky. Oh,
0: they, that would be a huge hit oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. if that happened. Because every Twin Peaks man would watch that guaranteed did you
1: watch the new twin peaks yes i did it was fucking weird i loved did it. i never yeah i
2: know the fan opinion was a little bit mixed on that
1: yeah i mean a lot of people it was very divisive it was definitely different and i really enjoyed it it was basically like every single episode was its own little kind of david lynchian mini movie
2: mm-hmm. um
1: and in particular there was one i think it was episode eight of it it was just all shot in black and white and it was one of the most beautiful Things I've ever seen It's just It's just bonkers You know it's inside Of David Lynch's head And it has you know All the same characters And they introduced All these new ones And um I as a fan I loved seeing the continuation I didn't like how Some of the stories Ended up But um It was just It was weird And great Did you ever read
2: um uh, did you ever read the the autobiography of of special special agent Dale Cooper? I own it.
1: <laughs> oh, i yes. and here's the
2: thing: I've never watched an episode of Twin Peaks in my life, and I I have that book. It's I fucking so love good. that book.
1: It's such a good yeah. book. Oh my god! You know, is- I've, I've read like the secret history of Twin Peaks. I have um uh, uh what is it like all the the like, old FBI fi- I have all the books, and I'm you know the, the diary of Laura Palmer, like all of that, and I am not ashamed.
2: So maybe that would be no? a good one then.
1: Maybe what? God, from the perspective of Bob, that would be very interesting.
2: I think they're doing. I think they're writing a, a working on a like a Sopranos prequel series. They are now.
0: Yep, it's um, uh, what is it? The Kings of Newark or, shoot, I'm I'm forgetting the name. But yeah, it's all. I think it's already done actually, and it's like a mini. No, it's a movie. It's a movie that they're gonna do, and it's coming out next year. So it's um actually. It's uh, James Gandolfini's son is playing him as a kid.
1: Ah, Oh, interesting. Yep.
0: And it's got a bunch of other people in it too. Um, John Bernthal I know is in it. And like a bunch of like the classic like uh, John Bernthal, the Punisher.
1: Oh, gotcha. So he's in it. And then like a
0: bunch of like other dudes who are always in gangster movies are in it too. So it's supposed to be really, really good. Wait, this uh, would be interesting. The Many Saints of Newark.
2: Excuse me, The Many Saints of Newark. John Bernthal, he was on Walking Dead, right? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I was about to say, see, this seems in, this seems like a terrible idea, but maybe that's the key, maybe that's the clue that it's a great idea. Is there something to be said for a zombie movie from the zombie point of view? I don't know how you'd do it or if it would even work. <laughs> I don't know
0: how, yeah, I'm not quite sure how you would.
1: I think that's ambitious. Yeah. i maybe they have a rich
2: it. inner life that we're not aware of. We just think are <laughs> shambling.
1: Or lots. it's just like a lot of
2: grunts. It's all misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe, oh, oh, ah, oh. Okay, wait, no. How about this? Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> what if what if they seem you know like from the outside zombies are just sort of brainless and, and brains and whatever. But what if it's like someone who's in a coma, where like we're like oh he's brain dead, but of course the person and you hear all these stories about people who wake up from comas and they're like I could see and hear everything for like twelve years, you dicks, you know. And it's like they like they you know they where they're just not able to respond. Maybe that's consciously it. Maybe they're, they're
0: still there. Oh, yeah, God. it's like, That's so terrifying. they're almost
2: like a, they're almost like a, they're almost like a passenger inside their own body, like, because this thing has like control of their, their movements and whatever. And when so they're, they're just like
1: reaching out for a hug instead of trying to like murder me. you.
2: <laughs> or just a, they're all trying yeah. to say, help like, me. You know, yeah, It's like their body has been hijacked by the zombie virus or whatever, but their consciousness is sort of inside, powerless to do anything about it. That'd That's be interesting.
1: terrifying.
2: I know, that's what, see, this is what I'm saying. Your visceral reaction tells me this is a I hit, That That
1: is a hit. Yeah, I know, because it reminds me of that um, episode of, I can't remember which one it was. It was one of, like, was was Tales from the Crypt or something, or twin, uh, Twilight Zone, where the guy who had to have the, um, when he was- Right,
0: he was getting a, an, oh, autopsy like an autopsy. An autopsy, an autopsy. Yep. thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was
1: having his autopsy as he's in there, like, screaming, like, I'm still here. That kept me up for, like, a week. After I watched yeah, that Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's Or even
2: fucked. just like a like a one-off episode or something of Walking Dead where they, you know, where they did, did like
1: <laughs> They flipped the script, I yeah.
2: like it. Yeah, there's yeah. gotta be something there. <laughs>
1: well,
2: because that would, I mean, that would, like, put the whole, that would put that in a totally different, you know. Totally <laughs>
0: They're murdering different. people constantly. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: because then, it, I mean, because it would, like, retrospectively, like, make, you know, make the humans terrible. Like, it would totally, like, throw off how you felt about every every scene. Oh, yeah. All right, so this well, is... Well, on that out. note...
0: Like, I, <laughs> um... I'm just realizing what time it is.
1: Oh, shoot. Yes. Oh, God, it's past one thirty. How does that even happen? All right. Well, Rick, as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We learned so much. We learned about OJ. Oh, we yep. learned about Yak Cheese. Oh, yeah. Which is awesome. Definitely. Talk some, talk some Ratchet. Yeah. Which is amazing. We've and covered a lot to of got to see ground. some dogs. Now I'm
0: going to look at zombie movies completely different. Yeah, right? Greg, why do you want to look at zombie movies? That's wrong. Look at vampire <laughs> movies.
1: <laughs> Uh, thank all you, right, Rick.
0: Rick Emerson. Thank you so much. Right.
1: See ya. We'll be back <laughs> tomorrow with more fun at <laughs> Radio. Bye, friends.